is up with you guys today. So glad that you have come back around to PP31 and that you're here to learn. Hopefully, you've listened to the last episode, so you're here today to listen in on part two of developing your worldview. What does it mean, actually, and why do we need one? So stick around with a pen and a journal and a beverage of choice, of course, and we will see you on the other side of the intro. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. So here we go, guys. We are going to jump into the second part of this very weighty issue called worldview. And why does it matter anyway? And what is it? So just in case you did not hear last week's episode, we discussed and defined your worldview. And it's your philosophy of life. It's your how you see the world. It's your concept of the world. It's your attitudes, your values, your stories. It's everything about you that influences how you live, how you react and live in the world, how you interface with others, how you do your job, what your work ethic look like, how are you raising your kids. All of that comes under the huge umbrella of your world view. It's crucial, I believe. It is crucial in having a solid worldview so that you can defend the stands that you have, that you can help your children learn and grow in God's word and to do things in a manner that's pleasing to the Lord that's different than what the the world is asking us to do. It's living counterculturally. It's not going along with the flow. And it's so easy, the way we mindlessly spend our time, the things that we let influence and affect us, the way that we can just kneel right over to peer pressure from our social media sites because we're seeing that and then that's setting up this discontent in our hearts. Whereas if our worldview is set on things above, it's set on the truth of God's word, then we have a solid foundation from whence we can teach our children to be ambassadors of the Lord. And that, in light of eternity, is huge. It's it's so important. And that's the thing I just want to encourage you girls, you men, you women, as we as we equip our kids, that we equip them in a manner that is with a solid worldview. Now, it matters. Of course, I've already said this, but number the, my second point is it matters because it influences everything you do in life. It um, develops your character. It shows how you're going to behave and react in situations. It's your baseline for making decisions, and it's your plumb line for right and wrong. Is there an absolute right, and is there an absolute wrong? And if you think that can switch and it can change, and there's not an absolute, then how do you go about making that decision, and how do you develop a worldview? Well, you can start by being in a Bible study where you see, where you begin to see and realize that God does have an opinion on all things of life and that his word is sufficient for everything that we will ever face, 
go through, the Lord has already done that for us. He's already been through that. He's our great high priest. So our worldview, when we're solid on that, then we're not shaken when the the horrible and heart-wrenching medical diagnosis comes in. When we're faced with an unexpected loss, we're able to stand in that faith. Now, do we grieve? Yeah, we grieve, but not as the world grieves because we have a hope that is in the Lord Jesus. We have a hope in eternity that is set aside for us. Now, as you're a student of the word, and of course, um, now to become a student of the word means you just have to start. And if you do not, if you've never done Bible study or do not have any idea where to start, I would love for you to take advantage of our five days to faith Bible study. You can click the link in the show notes. You can go over to kathylanham.com or you can come be a part of our Facebook community, Productivity and Proverbs 31 community over on Facebook and all of those places you can get plugged in and you can um, sign up to take the, the course with us. But to be a student, get into a Bible study where you're actually studying God's word. If you have a mentor or an accountability partner, those that is huge in helping you to look at things differently from your own point of view. Number three, if you attend a Bible teaching church, that's a great way to sit under the teaching of the word. Number four, use your God-given spiritual gifts and talents to grow your reach and your service. Number five, read and listen to good books and podcasts and and a teachers, like I've already said, who will grow and stretch you in your faith. And then we want to do that. This is a recap of last week, but we always want to be able to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that is within you. And we're to do that with gentleness and respect. And that's from 1 Peter 3.15. Okay, so, so that's our recap. And I want to lead you into some questions that will help you to determine your own worldview and to hear and discern the worldview of others. Because that's actually what led to this is hearing, overhearing and participating in several conversations with women on discipline, on their marriage, on should they get a job, of creating an income apart from their husbands that was secret, not not to bless the family, but was secret. So that just different conversations on um, event, uh, current events. So there's a gentleman, James Sire. He wrote a book, The Universe Next Door. And in his book, he's cataloged all the different worldviews and he's given us seven questions, gives us that you can get to the heart of any worldview. And like I just said, looking at these questions in your own heart and writing them down and, and kind of thinking through wh- what is my stand? Where, where do I come? What is my belief here? And how does that affect my decisions are huge. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to list the seven. I am not going to give you commentary. I'll come back around for the commentary. So if you've got your pen, you got your journal, here is um, just some questions that you can jot down. Number one, what is prime reality? What is really real? Number two, what is the nature of the world or universe around us? What is the nature of the world or universe around us? Number three, what does it mean to be human? What is a human being? Number four, what happens when a person dies? And I said I wasn't going to give commentary, but this one's huge. This one's, this, this tells you a lot right here. But what happens when a person dies? Number five, is it possible to know absolute truth? Is it possible to know absolute truth? Number six, how do we know what is right and what is wrong? So how do we know what is right and what is wrong? And then number seven, 
what is the meaning of human history or who's in charge of history. So we're not going. So I'm not taking you through the entire book. This is not a book study. This is just, those were just the seven questions that James Sire came up with to help you to distill what it is that you believe, what it is that you think about the world. And then as you're interacting with folks in the world, as you're having conversations to be able to see, oh, they have no clue And so it gives you then a platform for evangelization and friendship with people that can have highly divisive and highly divergent opinions than your own. It it allows us to deal with others with different mindsets, different worldviews, with grace and with love because we have a hope that is different from the world. And so as we develop a Christian worldview, as we develop who the Lord has called us to be as individuals, as people, then it allows us to walk away from strongholds that have a foothold in our life. But developing our worldview helps us to take a stand, helps us to grow in our faith, and then helps us to, and equips us for battle because we're told that we are to pull down the full armor of God because we are in a battle. Now, any worldview that is not based on the God of Scripture It just ultimately, in the end, will not hold together because Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of all things. And in him are hidden all the treasures of the world. All wisdom, all knowledge, all truth is in him. If you look at his I am statements, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. And he has multiple I am statements. It's important for us to know this so that as we hear where other people stand, we can show them how our foundation is different. Our foundation is based on the solid truth of God's word. There's a sinking sand. So it's important that we know that so that we can share that in love, not get defensive, and to be kind and respectful as we point out error or as we question when they're trying to argue both sides of an argument from the same coin. Now, everybody has a worldview. That's just, that's a given. Even if they say that that they don't, and it's a waste of time, even by saying that, that's a worldview. The worldview, if you'll remember, is a person's perspective, and it's the presuppositions that you believe, and that's how they filter all other beliefs. It's all the isms that are in the world, and there's a handful of them, but some of the basic ones are theism, deism, naturalism, existentialism, postmodernism, and Eastern pantheistic monism. All these isms. So our ism (laughs) is important. And our ism is based on the God of the Bible. Let's look at our seven questions again. I'm just going to kind of summarize those so you can begin thinking about what you believe. And then I'm going to point out what others believe. So when question number one, what is prime reality is the really real Christians and those from a Christian worldview are going to answer that it's God, that the core of all of our reality is God. An atheist might answer, well, it's the world, it's the laws, it's natural laws. So what is real? Number two, what is the nature of the world or the universe around us? But was it created? Was the world created or did it just pop into being? Is there order in this world or is it chaos that has evolved? Did we really come from one form and then it transitioned into another form or is the is it even really real is the universe just something that we exist in and are created in our mind so that's a big one number three what is a human being now this one can be so inflammatory 
I just had this conversation with a young couple who have just gotten pregnant after two and a half years of trying to get pregnant and could not and could not and the frustration and the tears and the and then now the jubilation in that. But are human beings created in the image of God? Are we highly complex machines? Are we cosmic accident? Are we just the result of a sperm and egg coming together and it, that's just what happened? Are we an evolved ape? What's a human being? And it was kind of funny. I'll go back to the couple. It's funny in that in the they had just come from their first ultrasound and the dad was talking and he said, if you if you really don't want a baby, you just want to fool around, then if you get pregnant, then it's just a nuisance. It's just a problem to deal with. It's just matter. It's just massing and all those other words. Even like late on when you can actually feel the baby kicking, people say, well, it's not really a human. It's not really a baby. But when you're desperate to have a baby and you can't, and then you go in there at that five, six week appointment and you hear the heartbeat, that's amazing. So how do they, how can you say it's not a baby when you could actually hear the heartbeat? And I just thought it was a very interesting because he had been on both sides of the fence. But anyway, I digress. Number four, this is also a big one. This one is a big one and can tell you lots about where a person is coming from and their stand is what happens when a person dies. Is there a heaven? Is Is there a heaven with God? Is there hell? Is heaven here right now on earth? Is it a higher state? It's, is it a reincarnation? Or do we just go back to the dust and we cease to exist altogether? What happens when a person dies? Number five, is it possible to know absolute truth? Is it Yes, we are made in the image of God. And Jesus, who was fully God, became flesh and he knew all truth and he came incarnate as a man so that and so that we could know truth and then live accordingly. Or do you say no, 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 no. Consciousness is something that's just in, evolved. It's survival of the fittest and you can't really know who survives and know truth. It's just, we just have chemicals and they're firing in our brains and it's just sort of some sort of... Um, mental phenomena that we have going on. What do you believe about truth? And then number six, how do we know what's right and what's wrong? And where do we get that? What's the basis of that? Are we made in the image of God and have his law written in our hearts and are told to us in his revealed word? Or is morality just something that we make up in society and it depends completely on the times? There's no ultimate right and wrong. It's all um, situational. So where does right and wrong come from? And how do you get to decide for someone else what is right and wrong? And of course, if we talk about public policy and the courts and laws and all of that, that's going to fall under this question. Number seven, what is the meaning of human history? Or I'll say it another way, who's in charge of human history? Is it God who created everything for a purpose and he has a plan that all things are moving toward? Or is nobody in charge? Is it just one big crapshoot and it's a roll of the dice? It's random chance. It's ultimately meaningless. So we need to eat, drink, and party away because tomorrow we die. What is that saying? Oh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And even though you might have some memorable moments, really, in the big scheme of things, Everything is meaningless and our lives are relative. Those are some questions. Hopefully, I mean, those are some big questions. And hopefully as a mom, as a dad, as a as an aunt, as an uncle, so, so much of this, I, I know I have single people who listen. These are important questions that we answer for ourselves because when we roll it into looking at, is there sin? What is sin? Am I a sinner? What, how can I be saved? 
all of those questions about salvation and faith and eternity, they all roll into this whole conversation. All of this is hopefully spurring you toward the place of what do I believe and why do I believe it and how can I know more? I would encourage and invite you to jump into a Bible study, our five days to faith that I've been telling you about. That is a great place to begin. That's a great place to start, to dip your toes into the waters of faith. If you're not really well versed on how it is that you would evangelize, that's a great place for you to start. Come join us over in our PP31 community on in the Facebook space where we can ask each other these hard questions, which we where we can dig into these questions so that we can be an encouragement to one another. And so that we can take our spiritual gifts and we can use them to serve and to grow the body of Christ. Because that's actually why they're given to us. You know that, right? We don't get spiritual gifts for ourselves and for our own glory, but to serve the church and to bring glory to the Lord. So with all that, I'm going to close us in prayer and pray that you'll be a blessing to others. Father God, thank you for this topic that has been weighty on my heart for a while now. Lord, I pray for each man, woman, girl, and boy that listens, that you would encourage these moms and give them the firm conviction that they're raising up warriors for the next generation, men and women, boys and girls who are to fight the good fight of faith, who are to stand firm when challenged, and to not regard suffering as something that's a surprise, but that's that you tell us that we're to do. So Father, I pray that these podcasts would be just another vessel to equip them to stand. And Lord, it's in your glorious name we pray. Amen. Go be a blessing to others. You can't help but be blessed yourself. Until next time, it's Kathy. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.